No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it wrong. Podcast contains mature content. The few simple expressed by the host and announcer. Those are the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack and Raw podcast. I'm so used to it unmuting me after the intro rolls. I am your host, the patron saint of podcasting, the warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-hosts uh, this evening, my guests, if you will. Um, Miss Katie Kinsey Bebe, host of the Sheely Showcase, inside the mind of, in the crowd, and story time with Miss Katie Kinsey Bebe. Hello. Pornhub Poppy, Daddy Delgado, the Sultan of Spitter Swallow, my friend Vince. We're here. The purveyor of Rivet City Radio and Botch Bots and Chair Shots, a chef by trade, a mark by choice, the Will Gray. Hola, Mateo. From Marks with Mike's Get Show podcast and just good friend of the show, one one fourth of the core four. We got three fourths of the core four here. It's your boy Just. Yowie wowie. And last but certainly not least, making his Pornhub debut for this very special tribute show. Shadow. Run. As you guys can all see, we are here in the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, the whole point of this is we were all fans of Bray Wyatt. We all loved Bray Wyatt, and we want to celebrate and talk about some of our favorite Bray moments and things that we loved about him uh, in the best way possible. That's why we wanted to do this tonight. Um, I, I'm sure talking about it there might be a few tears shed hopefully a lot of laughs and a lot of good times and i want to thank everybody for being here with us in the chat on the show i want to thank vince for helping me put a lot of this shit together uh on the fly i really do appreciate it of course of course i'm here to help will and katie and shadow suffering through sickness to show up and join us to I mean, Katie will fight through anything to be on my show. She'll fly <laughs> fucking across states just to be on the show because it's so awesome. So, like, that's totally true. <clears throat> but uh, no, I want thank you guys. Um, there aren't going to be any spits or swallows. There aren't going to be, you know, any of that. I mean, we can if you guys if you guys want to, absolutely feel free to spit or swallow your favorite Bray moments. Um, but the normal format of the show is kind of thrown out because we all know why we're here and what we want to talk about. Um, we mentioned a little bit, Joey was running through some of his favorite uh, moments from Bray at the top of the show. One that I love that I don't think it's a lot of talk is the 2015 Royal Rumble, where Bray came out number six, 
or at five or six and just started dominating until Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. got there. At one point, he even grabbed the mic and just like put everyone in the back on notice that mm-hmm. it was going to be his year. And he made it to almost the final four. I think he was the last guy to be eliminated before we got to the final four, uh, including eliminating Daniel Bryan, um, who is arguably his greatest rival in WWE. Um, debatable. It's Daniel or, Daniel or Randy, depending on how you look at it. But uh, I don't know why that Royal Rumble always stuck with me. Um, his performance, the promo, all of it. But it's one of those things that always has. Did he have a moment with Triple H, too, in the Rumble, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they cock-teased us with a Triple H-Bray Wyatt match that we never got. Yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately, there were a lot of matches that uh, never really fully came to fruition. Um, yeah. And that that's one of the sadder things. Like, I talked about it. Bray made you feel. You know, he... he he got a lot of flack from the internet because he wasn't, you know, the greatest bell-to-bell in-ring technician and some of the matches a little more on the theatrical side weren't some of the hardcore wrestling fans, but his promos... Just say Will. You can just say Will. <laughs> no, just I was thinking say. Will. I was it's thinking not Will. just you. Um, but his promos, his, his vignettes, his stories that he told they, they made you feel shit he, he made you feel and that's why i loved him because he embodied everything that i loved in wrestling on top of the fact that he was a guy that was shaped like me my size my age going out there doing something that i would absolutely love to do and never had the balls to um and with the horror aspect of his character being a huge horror fan he he also brought that like if i was a pro wrestler like his style or not, I, that's what I would have been. And he got to live it. And I got to live vicariously through him because of it. Yeah, man. One of my favorite moments, and it's more of because I was there, was the 2019 SummerSlam when The Fiend debuted. Mm, yes. Oh, my God. It was, to this day, I still don't know how to describe what it was like in that arena. But it was definitely one of my favorite, and I've been following him for as, as long as I can remember. He's actually one of the people that got me back into the wrestling because I took time away between the years of 09 and 12. And then he came back, or he came to the forefront of wrestling, and he just captivated me right from the get go. And for me, it was someone like you said, someone my size. You know, someone that could go, someone who was creative, and you could see the genius before it even began, just with the way he cut promos. And it's just, I mean, we're going to talk about it more as well, but, like, my daughter is named after one of his characters, Sister Abigail. Like, this man has had such an influence on my life that it's crazy. I've got my wife... We originally talked, and if we had had a boy, we were going to name it Wyatt. And if we had a girl, we went with... I got to give her the middle name Holiday for Doc Holiday, my favorite movie being Tombstone. Um, so I told her, I was like, if if we do have another kid and it's a boy, that, that, that's still going to have to be on the table. So, uh, <laughs> Especially now. Especially I tried now, with my youngest son. 
his name is Maverick, and I tried and tried and tried and tried until I couldn't do no more. But I wanted to name a window. Mm-hmm. My wife understands I'm a big, brave fan, but she's like, no. I'm like, but I got shadowing I, as a middle name, so that was the compromise. See, there you go. I, I, I've been there, Shadow. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to get, like, Eddie or Eduardo, like, the full version for, like, my, our first son. But my but my girlfriend, Melissa, just isn't having it. She's just like, no. I don't. She doesn't like Eduardo. She doesn't like Eddie. So I don't think I'm ever going to get it. And Eddie Guerrero's my favorite of all time. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a tough battle, man. It's, it's a losing battle. Is is there is this like you announcing something or is this like oh no no for we future just, reference for future reference for future just some of those things people talk about in a relationship um, if we ever get pregnant we have a kid work on the middle name if you can't get the first name at least try and get the middle name Vince there you go well we definitely gonna do like like double name because you know how like a lot of like Latinos have like two names so we're definitely gonna be doing that so we're gonna try to compromise that's the middle ground we met at. Is that neither one of us is going to name the child? We're just going to compromise. She picks one name, I pick the other, and so on and so forth until we run out of children to spawn. I mean, I mean, what probably shot me in the foot is I never told her why where I came up with the name Abigail. It's just something that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And then we we were watching a bunch of Bray highlights one night, and she's like, "Hold on, what's your <laughs> finisher?" I'm like. Abigail, Sister Abigail, she's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the highlights, you talked about that Fiend entrance, and it literally is one of the coolest things I have ever seen in professional wrestling, period. I remember sitting yes. there in front of my TV with my friends on the edge of my seat. I, The only person besides Bray that I ever really mark out for is The Undertaker. There was a string there during WrestleMania where as a uh, habitual habit I would get down on one knee and I would <laughs> present myself during the entire five minute fucking entrance I would just sit there and not say a word as he entered and everyone's running around talking and shit um, and with Bray like I told everyone I'm like listen I need you to be quiet I nobody fucking say a word I, I want to experience this I had people in the house we nobody was allowed to say anything and we just sat there in awe and watched as he came out with the lantern with his head around the lantern in the mask and all of that. And literally one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. Probably like top five all time best entrances or debut entrances of any wrestling character ever. Like the aesthetic of it, it was so different, so original. It genuinely felt like something out of a horror film. I marked out so much, like everything about about it. Like the more it was revealed, like the whole funhouse intro at the beginning, the slow cutoff of the lights, then the whole remix of his original song, and then just like you see the lantern, like like Matt mentioned, you see glimpse of the mask because he was wearing the hoodie, so you only really saw like the lower half of the mask, like the whole hurt heel aspect. It was so brand new, and honestly, that was actually uh, that SummerSlam podcast was the very first one I listened to the SmackDown podcast that led me into my podcasting like venture. So if it, if it wasn't for the awesomeness and coolness of the Fiend of Bray Wyatt, I was like, this is hype, this is cool. I want to be part of what of what these people are doing in SmackDown, and then I ended up joining them up 
and the rest is history. Now I'm now I'm on spanking around. Full circle. You full circle. Katie Me, and Will, Will have all joined Ritter's <laughs> Wyatt family. You literally followed the buzzers. You did <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. I, I've seduced you all, and I appreciate yeah. you guys joining and us. And you let us in. And you let us in. I did let you in. Um, <laughs> one of the coolest things is Bray's entrances, though, because even before that, when you go back, like Jesus was talking about in the comment, you know, the lights go out, you have all the fireflies, you've got the lantern, you've got, you know, he'd come out, there'd be the rocking chair uh, for some of his promos and things like that in the vignettes, him sitting in the rocking chair, which we saw at the end beginning of smackdown after that amazing package yeah um fans singing he's got the whole world in his hands not just there but also to him prior to that during the eater eater of worlds phase and yeah. uh that cage match with john cena like so much cool shit about his presentation yeah no it was it was cool. I, I love that every like everything about Bray was just so original. Definitely could be unmatched. Uh, just Katie, you got anything? Okay, oh, ladies first. No, I'm coughing. You go first. Oh, you're coughing. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say like um. You know, when he first came out, it was like around like 2014, 2015, that era when like WWE mm-hmm. was kind of like switching off into like to this new phase that they're in right now. You know, like if you look back, like you had the shield, right? You're getting women's revolution at that time. And then there was Bray. It's kind of funny because like we're kind of still in the mix of that era. And when you look back, like they were on something that kind of started a new trend that we're still kind of in right now. So when you look back, like having all those things happen at one time is kind of a a monumental moment. But if I had to speak on like uh, Bray was the fiery fun house, like that was something that me and Natalie always watched every time it was on SmackDown, no matter what we were doing, like we would stop, we were doing and just see whatever skit they were going to set up for a fiery fun house, whether it was like sister Abigail showing up or them doing stuff with like all the mascots like that always caught my attention. Just the offset of how chaotic, like he was doing his spin on Mister Rogers, was like hilarious. You know what I'm saying? And to think that like only he and WWE could put this together and make it seem like it was legit. I don't think any other you know promotion, with all due respect, can have made this work the way that they did. So, listen. I loved, and by all rights, because I give shit to corny shit all the time. I should not have loved the Firefly Funhouse as much. <laughs> right, as I did. it was it but was good. Katie was and Vince know I fucking loved the Firefly Funhouse. Right. Uh, Katie and I especially are like the only two people in the world that, uh, outside of probably Shadow, because he's got the Jack in the Box, that really liked Dark Alexa Bliss. I know a lot of people shit on it, but oh Katie no, that was rocked. Great with that, that and everything that she did with Bray. We loved that shit. It was fucking great. Um, oh, yeah. It didn't matter how corny he got. Um, he found a way to make it work mm-hmm. and make it entertaining. Uh, Bakley mentioned it way up in the chat earlier. Uh, the precursor to LA Knight being where he was at was starting that feud with Bray. Regardless of how you may feel about the Mountain Dew pitch black match. 
Will and no. everyone else that I talked to on Twitter that shit all over it. Um, I thought the visuals were cool. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of corny elements to it. There, there were. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, there wasn't any cheesiness or corniness to it. I get, you know, the promotional part of it rub people the wrong way. 100% understand that. Also, did anyone notice that I replaced The Undertaker with The Fiend? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's, as I say, it's very small. Oh, yeah. It's it's harder to see because there's so many of us right now. It's yeah. normally just half of the crew we have here. If that. <laughs> yeah. I had that sitting in a box, and Thursday night I opened it and decided he's going to be sitting right here with me uh, going forward for the show. Uh, not the show, but every show. So Undertaker got put up, put on the shelf, and uh, The Fiend will be with Wait. us. But L.A. Knight referenced it on SmackDown in that awesome fucking promo that he cut that ended with run and how he's not going to pretend like they're best friends. And that's the thing. Like I've talked to some people and I told them, I was like, listen, I, I'm not expecting everyone to sit here and be like, Oh, I was the biggest Bray Wyatt fan. I loved everything he did. Like there are aspects about Bray that people liked early on in his career. And as things went a different direction, they, you know, they weren't necessarily feeling it. There are some things that I love that not everyone was about. There are things that, you know, some people really enjoyed that I wasn't about. Um, speaking of feeling, him losing at WrestleMania to Randy Orton as the Fiend mm. after being set on fire. Listen. Twice two, losing to WrestleMania, to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. Both Twice times. losing. But that's the thing. He makes you feel, right? The only two times where I have literally, like, been physically upset with wrestling as an adult. Whereas it's not like I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, that was stupid booking. Like, the bloodline. Jay not women, winning and Cody not winning. Like me, I'm like, oh, that was dumb booking. Why would they do that? Mm-hmm. The Undertaker streak being broken by Brock Lesnar, like through a literal, actual, physical fit. Like I was a five year old, <laughs> and watching Randy Orton defeat the Fiend at WrestleMania in a redemption story where he lit that man on fire and he came back from life to lose. And then never finding out where that payoff was going because extenuating circumstances we, and leaving for mental health reasons and all of that. But right. it ending that way drove back, me insane. Though? Huh? Did we ever see the feedback after no, that? After no. that, uh, the Brody stuff happened. He took time off. Then he left for – and then he finally made his return You know, with the um, – the amazing QR codes in the follow the white rabbit stuff, which yeah. had everybody hooked and engaged and yep. <sighs> this was so fun. It was so unique out the puppets too. in the back. Yeah. If I could take the floor for one second, I just want to show you something. Cause we were talking about the firefly Funhouse, and you were saying outside of me and, and Katie and yourself. Now this is something I've crafted over the last few years. And I think it's fun. Ooh, that is cool as shit. That's cool. Wow. And I'm pretty sure that that Bray there is the same one that's sitting right here, except you put the jacket and the leather arms on him, and I opted for the no-jacket look. Of course. Because you're a man that likes to show off the shoulders, and of course, you know, a little mini fiend had to show off all the guns. I I strive to look as good as Bray Wyatt does in a sleeveless shirt. That's why you got everyone's like, oh, Ritter's getting his pump on again. Because I want to look like Bray does without <laughs> with his sleeveless shirt on. That's the goal. Like, that's what I'm going for. So yeah, I want to rock that sleeveless shirt until I look as good as he did. 
motivation. Nice. Uh, Will, you actually sent me a promo from FCW. Yeah. You want to talk about it before I play it, or you want me to play it and then talk about it? (laughs) No, I'll tell you. And, you know, there was no secret. And, you know, there was, you know, I said it myself just then. I wasn't the biggest fan of the most recent version of Bray. Uh, The other night, I likened it to Tom Brady and the fact that he won a million Super Bowls, but the one year they lost to a wild card Giants doesn't take away from the man's legacy, right? So just because he had one run I wasn't a fan of doesn't mean that it takes away from the rest of his career. Uh, The promo I sent you is from FCW when he just started working as Bray Wyatt, okay? And I sent this promo because... Anybody who's a parent or has had a nephew, Shadow heard me use this analogy the other night, but when you see a baby picture of your kid and then you see a picture of them now, you're like, that's what they looked like when they were like six months old, but you didn't realize that's what they looked like yet. When you see the promo that I sent you as Bray, like the first time as Bray Wyatt, it's really rough around the edges. It's not as clean as it was, but you see like the baby picture of who... Bray Wyatt would become. This is from 11 years ago. So this is 2012 Bray Wyatt. Okay? So you look at it and then you think about who he became up until this point and like you see the little snippets of who he would become. If that makes Fuck sense. It. Let's uh let's check it out cuz what are they going to do? Like This is uh, an individual account, so I don't think you'll get in trouble for it. It's not a WWE license thing. Okay, all right. I was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. My daddy, he's a captain of his own shrimp boat. I hated my daddy. He was a mean old man, my daddy. He took an eight-year-old Bray Wyatt, he pulled him out of school. He didn't think I need to learn with him other kids. <laughs> one day, my daddy's boat caught on fire. They sunk him down into the daggone sea with it. And I went away. I went away for a while. <laughs> but Bray Wyatt, he told himself I had to read. And I started out with C Spot Run. And then it was Clifford the Big Red Dog. And then it was the good book mostly after that. <laughs> and I learned. And I learned a lot of things. I learned how this world likes to throw away a little white trash peon like Bray Wyatt. Let me tell you something. I ain't no white trash. And I ain't no peon either. I am better than you all. And I wouldn't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want to be that guy, that first guy that has to get in the ring with me, man. I wouldn't want to be you. Because I am going to take pleasure in watching you burn, man. (laughs) Just like my daddy. (laughs) Come with me. Time is on my side. Fucking goosebumps, man. Yeah. Looks so young. He looks you see so what I mean, so though? Slim. Like, if you look at a picture of, like, a baby when they're really young, and then you look at a picture of them when they're a lot older, you see, like their face and you're like that's them but that's not them you know right. you and know, i feel like when you see that promo that's a perfect example of that sorry vince 
to me, it gives me the same feeling when I see old pictures of Matt when he was like skinnier and looking like he was scumbag a jock. Matt. Say what? Scumbag Matt? Scumbag Matt. Yeah, scumbag Matt. Hey, to quote MJF, I'm still a scumbag. I'm just your scumbag now, ladies and gentlemen. I <laughs> swear to God, I've, yes, 100% yes. <laughs> <laughs> We have exclusive rights to. We have the intellectual property. Let's come back, Matt. Now, no, uh, it's crazy. Uh, Eli kind of would it. Like, why has he never like resurfaced? Like, whatever happened? Like that was because I knew he was like paired up with Bray early on before Luke Harper was, and then ever since then we just haven't heard from him. So I w- always wonder why why that was. Uh, there's a lot of work out. Yeah, yeah I mean, just didn't work out in the end. Seen a lot of guys come and go and disappear and go other avenues. Mm. Maybe he was his uh it was the baby Brock to Joanne Gacy. Remember how <laughs> <laughs> before he had the schism, he had baby Brock with him. You know. Right, I know what right. I know what I get what we'll say though, because like you watch that and you see a lot of like that that new face of fear Hawaiian shirt, Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think you went a little lighter on the the accent, but the feeling was still there. Like he makes you believe everything he says. He, he story time with Bray is an actual story most of the time. Hey, he tells uh, stories sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, like in the ring, sometimes. often, but not on the mic. Um, that's okay. Hey, listen, he he sold me on buying all in, and I haven't bought an AEW pay per view in fucking forever, Katie. So I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just you want to go half seeds with me? I mean, I'm getting it through Comcast, and I already bought it. So, so what you're saying is you want me to come over and snuggle with you on the couch? <laughs> Wait, I mean, is that still an option? That is still an option. If you want to make the drive, Will, you and I can both snuggle up with Matt on the If I leave as soon as we get done, I could be there by the pre-show. Kate is absolutely (laughs) going to be mowing the lawn while I'm there, so it'll just be me and Zoe hanging out on the couch. So you guys are more than welcome. It's like in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, Muscle man dance. Another thing. Yes. That's from the Firefly Funhouse. Yes. Fucking Vince, the devil puppet. Oh, that's good, good shit. Like, <laughs> yes, all of that stuff that he did. Uh, the iterations, you know, you've got Mercy the Buzzard, which everyone knows is a tribute to Waylon Mercy, who kind yes. of inspired that new face of fear version of Bray. Um, obviously, Abby the Witch is Sister Abigail, and right? Huskis the Pig is Husky Harris, and all of these things that he, you know, these callbacks, these little tweets, rambling rabbit. Know, Right. Well, the critics right. was the critics that would write right. up about him. Yeah. And then he'd beat the shit out of and murder and then come back the next week. And poor Rambling um, Rabbit, he was the punching bag of the whole show. Like, he did nothing. He was, he was the best part. He was the best part. Like, he didn't deserve all that physical abuse. That's the only negative thing I'll say about Bray. <laughs> I don't think he deserved to abuse Rambling Rabbit. But I mean, when you get to the, the breakdown of what Ra- Rambling Rabbit was, he did deserve every bit of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I always interpreted Rambling Rabbit as Dave Meltzer, and I'd love to see the same thing happen. <laughs> see, I always thought Rambling Rabbit kind of reminded me of Matt Riddle, and I'd also like to see. <laughs> see, we all have our own. Everyone you know, has their own version. Their Rambling own Rabbit. picks. Their own Rambling Rabbit Riddle. <laughs> Rambling Rabbit Riddle. Yeah. Um, say that three times. Really. Um, if I if I could just um also take 
uh, say something. If I could be serious for a second, shout out. Um, Landstorm. <laughs> um, you know, the, the thing that uh, I also liked about Bray Wyatt and him and, and the person in general is that, you know, as WWE was like becoming mainstream, it was getting into the TVs of a lot of people. And so like a lot of newer kids were, 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 start, were getting into wrestling, right? And I always felt like Bray Wyatt represented like the misunderstood he all, he kind of represented the people that were kind of outcasted, mm-hmm. you know, that were kind of like not included into any group. So I felt like to them, he was kind of their hero. So I know like it kind of hurts because like we all kind of need somebody like that in our life. And uh, I know Bray Wyatt was that type of person. So, yeah, for, for me looking outside in, that's what I kind of represented Bray Wyatt too. I don't think you're you know, wrong. I was going to say, no. everything you hear and everything you say about how gracious he was to his fans, taking times out. I, I've watched the clips of him walking out and talking to little kids and hanging out with them and, you know, mm. all of that. Like, you generally, genuinely just a really nice guy. Um, For sure. And yeah. like I said, he he meant a lot to me just from when I got back into wrestling, it was about the time that Bray was there. Like I, I always followed the undertaker and I'd turn on for like WrestleManias and stuff to see kind of what he was doing and all of that. But it was around the time that undertaker was starting to wind down and we were getting towards that. He'd get to the one, two, three appearances a year at most. And Bray was kind of on the rise and I'm watching him. I remember sitting there for that elimination chamber, watching him win the WWE title, hitting sister Abigail on John Cena. Yep. Hitting him hitting AJ with the sister Abigail and just thinking, oh my God, I can't believe they they did it. They put the fucking title on him. This is the coolest thing ever. The promo that he cut after that about finally having the whole world in his hands. And then obviously Randy ruined it, WrestleMania, because that's what Randy does. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was so cool to see. And then even the deleter of worlds, like... He made that fucking fun because Matt Hardy's whole uh, woke broken woken Matt Hardy. Well, it was yeah. woken in WWE. I don't think really was working until he got with Bray, and then they became tag team champions and they started doing their yeah. thing. Yeah. Being in defense to that though, and and I and I shit on it a lot. The WWE universe couldn't handle it because it wasn't it. And Vince watered it down so badly. Yeah. yeah, also, too, I think Matt wanted to keep the whole broken Matt Hardy IP and didn't want to copyright, give the copyright to Vince, so they tweaked it to be Woken Matt Hardy. And it wasn't the same. It was it was slightly different, slightly different. It's kind of like when Sierra Miss became Starry. It's it's not exactly the same. It's slightly different. Um, but In I Dollar think- General, like stuff that's what it is yeah it's it's like when I mean, shell buys off an old, old marathon gas station and just rebrands it oh that they, they, they literally just renamed it starry it's still exactly the same formula yeah i don't know it tastes a little different it tastes it's a, a little steebo vince i think that's a mental thing literally so they they sued a flight attendant who was using the name sarah mist who was popular on tiktok and they lost the lawsuit so then they just renamed the fucking drink mm-hmm. wow well you know the analogy is there you know like the analogy is there you i know, like I what you're saying i get what you're saying i try to make it relevant but 
No, you know what? The deleters were weren't, 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 weren't too bad. My favorite moment that I remember of them is when the B team were mocking them and they spoofed them and did a parody of them on the on the jumbotron. Oh yeah, yeah. Curtis Axel like went really in on the Woken Matt Hardy thing. He's like, ah, yes, wonderful. <laughs> and then Bray did his uh, Bo did his best Bray impression. It was it was good. There, there's a picture uh, of Bray that's circulating right now, but when he passed, and the way he's looking. You can see Taylor so much in that picture. Like, you mm-hmm. see Bo, and you're like, is that Bo or is that Bray? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, you like, it is crazy to me. And I love that, like, what this, that, what you're talking about, that segment, because Axel did, did Matt, and it was just so fitting that Taylor did Wyndham because it worked. Mm-hmm. Now you plop, you switch them, it's not going to work. Yeah, no. Speaking of that, and Curtis Axel, because I feel like I was like the only Curtis Axel fan when Curtis Axel was a thing. Like I was adamant that Curtis Axel was going to be the next Randy Orton. Like he was going to be a thing when he became oh, a Brock Lesnar guy. Me too. Here's the thing. It was good. in that 2015 Royal Rumble that I was talking about. That was the Royal Rumble where Eric Rowan came and took out Curtis Axel, and he never got to enter, which led to him going on saying he was never eliminated. So he's still in the Royal Rumble, and that whole run was during that awesome Bray spot, the 2015 Royal Rumble. Yes. Also, I mean, technically you could say that he's been in the Royal Rumble for about eight years now. He has yet to be eliminated. If you want to be No, I do think he did get eliminated eventually from the Royal Rumble. They did, yeah. They talked about doing it, unfortunately. From that particular Rumble, but not from the 2015 one, you know. Um, Also, too... Going back to both Bray stays as Husky Harris and Curtis Axel, they were part of the second season, that second crop of NXT TV show talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were actually the, the next wave of, of Nexus members that were introduced simultaneous together, right as uh, I think Michael Tarver and I forget who else. I think uh, Eric Young were eliminated from Nexus. They replaced them with Husky Harris and Curtis Axel, and they were actually the tag team after Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater. So there was actually history there with those two guys as well. So it was fun and and cool to see like a few years down the line, they actually have a segment and a program together, given that they do have some history in the past. We were talking about uh, the deleter of worlds. Yes. In WWE, cinematic matches kind of were Bray's thing. Like, he mm-hmm. brought that cinematic universe to WWE and tried to do, in a way, what Matt was doing outside of WWE. And some of them worked. Uh, some of them, like the, the, the swamp fight with Braun Strowman, did not necessarily work. Um, the... Fucking COVID mania one with John Cena was the weirdest but fucking coolest fucking thing oh, yeah. I've ever that was, watched. Like, I mean, that was cool. It's, that it's was the cool. closest thing we got to heel Cena ever with yeah. the NWO Cena. I think that's like, the best uh, cinematic match he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, the weirdest but coolest. We got the House of Horrors, which then NXT did really fucking well with Dexter Loomis later. Yeah. Um, 
the, I uh, still advocate for the original House of Horrors as a great match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. A um, lot of people him. gave it a lot of shit, but I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I was titillated for sure. The the one I like is the uh, the white compound with the new day. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that, that so was underrated. Brutal. Yeah, so that was underrated. brutal. And that was like yeah, literally exactly. three dudes like really going at it. Like there was a couple spots where they were using the car where I thought like somebody's ribs were broken. You know, like um. But I mean, that Bray was, almost I, took I think it. that was before. Bray almost took Woods' head off with the fucking axe. Yeah, so yeah like... that's the spot. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> when all the trucks were there with the headlights shining on them, it felt like something off of a like SmackDown versus Raw video game. Because I could have yeah, sworn yeah. there was like a backstage like parking lot brawl scenario yes. where like the car surrounded you like like that. the Eddie John Cena yeah. man. Yes, Eddie yeah, John Cena yeah, gave me vibes yeah. of that too. Shades yeah. of that. It was it was all great stuff. And uh, yeah, I. I love that one. I think that was before the whole cinematic thing. That was like their attempt to do what the Matt Hardy was doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that was that was still good though. And it worked because it was Bray, and he made it right. Work. Right. He also made all of the Thunderdome shit work because without yeah, having a yeah. crowd, with having those screens, being able to do a lot of the stuff that you can't mm-hmm. do in front of a live crowd. Mm-hmm. There was a point in time you can go back and look. Like I think we named the episode just like Raw, whatever. Like the name. We stopped doing a weekly wrestling review because it was so hard to watch with no crowds. We just went back and watched old Raws for a few weeks before the Thunderdome came in and some of that stuff started picking up. And then, like I said, Bray doing everything he got able to do in the Thunderdome and play with the, you know, the fact that no one's there. The promo with Cena. Right. Cena's in the middle of the ring and he's there and, you know, appearing and disappearing behind Cena while Cena's looking up and then Funhouse Bray shows up and some really cool fun shit that they got to do in that time and uh, a lot of that was Bray you know yeah it's it was it was great to see so much of his creations just kind of like flourish like almost like I don't I don't think anything that he did was even bad it may not have been exactly what he might have wanted from it, but everything he gave was original, was unique, and you could tell he gave everything he had into that performance every single time, whether it was the Leaders of the World, the Follow the Buzzards, the 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 Fiend, Fun House, or even like the latest iteration of Wyndham just himself, which honestly is one of my favorites. Like he might not have done much. But that version of Bray aesthetically, I thought was like, I thought what the final level of Bray would be like. You know how Frieza has his final form? That looked like what Bray would have been, you know? Like that's the final form. I think we got his final form in the recent months. Yes. Because just the way he cut promos and stuff, I I think he was the most authentic we've ever seen him. Mm Mm-hmm. However, we never got to really see that all fully realized, unfortunately. No. Like there so, were a lot of plans and there were a lot of things I was looking forward to that we were never going to get to see come to fruition. Right. Now, I'm asking you guys this, and I'll and I'll we'll have this discussion later on too, once everything settles and everything. But putting your bias aside for your like of Bray or Wyndham, is he one of is he the or one of the greatest minds ever to do this? <sighs> Creatively. Creatively. 
creatively, creatively. In, in terms of just like having a great wrestling mind, I would say if you build the Mount Rushmore of the greatest minds of wrestling, he's in it. That's the best way I can answer it. Because like right now, like I just have to sit here and start like listening up who I think is like up to his level or better. And it we it might take the whole episode you know, <laughs> to start listening right. off wrestlers. <laughs> I have an analogy that I think would fit here. Um this isn't at all a slight towards Bray either. There's an old wrestling analogy that says you don't get good at wrestling until you're in your 30s and you don't master it until you're in your 40s. So theoretically, if some of the greatest wrestling minds say this, then we had four more years of just good Bray before we got like Bray's final form. So looking at it, does he become one of the greatest minds in wrestling? Unfortunately, no. But here's why. Because Bray Wyatt's always going to have an asterisk next to his name, the same way a Jimi Hendrix does, or a Kurt Ooh. Cobain, or Ooh. a Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. He's going to have those. He was one of the greatest when he did it, and then we lost him too early. He never really got to the ascent of being the greatest to ever do it. That That's... Very I like well that. Well. That's like very that. well put. Very well put. <laughs> you brought it up, Vince, and I, I was actually thinking about this. You know, nice. everyone talks about Mount Rushmore's, and stupid people will put Terry on theirs, um, and some people put Rick on theirs, and so on and so forth. But I, I feel like everyone Terry has. Terry Funk, right? No. No. I, I said stupid <laughs> people. Smart people, hardcore fans, smart people might put Terry Funk on there. Stupid people will put Hulk Hogan on theirs. Neither here nor Ooh. there. People Ooh. that wear yellow shoes. Um, exactly. For me, I have a personal Mount Rushmore. Um, it, it's obviously The Undertaker. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's Diamond Dallas Page. And it's Bray. Those are my four throughout my entire history of watching professional wrestling. My four favorite characters I've ever got to watch. And Bray is the only one that I did not grow up on. You said that Taker, had an impact on me like that. Taker, Taker Bray, Stone Cold, DDP. Yes. Okay. That's a good list. Yeah, that that completely embodies you, to be honest, to a T. I think maybe you'd replace like maybe Stone Cold or DDP for Shotzi if she like was pushed. Through, oh no, I've got a whole separate. I've got a whole separate Mount Rushmore <laughs> for women. Okay. Um, okay. Different story, because um, they they deserve their own. Um, Bray, like I said, he he is the only current generation wrestler that I really, really connected with on the level that I did as a child growing up watching these things where I was watching them and I was I was it was the point I was trying to get to earlier where I would let my emotions and that feeling of being a kid and almost like believing again for a second blood the analytical adult. Oh, this is this is wrestling and. This is how wrestling works and pushes and all that analytical bullshit that we all do now Mm -hmm. and just enjoying it for the product that it was. He helped me find that again. And that's why I loved him. And that's why I connected with him so well is because I would sit there and in his promos and everything, I was lost. I was, I was marking out. I was, I was sold on everything that he did and just having a good time and not worrying about pushes and, bullshit and 
you know, even the the Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match with the hammer and the toolbox and all of that shit. Like, I like the hammer. It's a good prop. I bet. I'm just, you know. You just. I don't know. There's just so many moments that we can pick and go with. And and you look at it in the grand scheme of things. He did it for at least mainstream on the main roster. Ten years. And then you take away his downtime. And it's eight. In that eight years, he managed to captivate such an audience Mm-hmm. Not many wrestlers can do that in twenty. No, an entire career in, in two. Some people can't do it in two years. You know. Yeah. When he came to that main roster, and it was you were you were pulled in right away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Fireflies started almost immediately, like not that far after their the White Family's debut on Raw. Uh, that started becoming a thing. It started to catch on. Like, every single intro, like, I don't know if uh, when it started, but it was just, like, we're here. Then it slowly mm-hmm. began to them mentioning the city they're in. And, like, I got chills every time the Wyatt family came to town. And then and there would always be, like, Chicago. We're here. And then, like, the song starts playing. You just Yeah, start the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man. It was, it was great. Great theme songs too. Not that many. Oh yeah, are blessed yes. with three great theme songs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that original uh, white one still hits, man. Oh yeah, you find it on Spotify. I was looking like, for it earlier today. Like I, I still it. remember that WrestleMania 30 mm-hmm. um, when they were in New Orleans and they had like a voodoo type dancer going out with the fire and they had the yes. drums and then they came out. It just like fit perfectly to New Orleans. Um, and then like because you remember like. Before a little bit before they started doing the lights, like they would also clap to the beat too. That was another thing that I remember that mm-hmm. that was like an organic. That's the that's the one of the things I remember is that like there's this organic thing that people would do with Bray, like with the with the lights, with the uh, cameras, the clapping, um, all that stuff. Like he he made he just moved people as soon as he showed up. Yeah, yeah. Sammy, I got you. Don't worry. We've uh. Been in a bit of a transition. We were supposed to be doing the podcast on Saturdays, and then we did one Saturday, and then went back to Friday, and now we're back on Saturday. But Katie's broke and can't go on vacation anymore, so uh, <laughs> we should be good now, and yeah. I can start just planning on having people on and doing some fun shit going forward. So you guys, re- you guys remember at the infamous it. segment where Bray had all the children singing, "He's got the whole world." Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The child he holds in the ring, you I'm sure we all know who that is by now, right? No. That is Brody Lee's son. No way. Oh, okay. That's his godson. Who wow. Who was who was the that, kid that's that was creepily singing to John Cena in that cage match? That was bro me. that was negative one. That was what? negative one? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the most iconic moments in like white history. And now we know it's negative one. The lineage that goes down with that with the Brody Lee family line. Speaking but, of Bray and kids, one of my favorite moments was his feud with the Miz and being in the Miz's house. Oh, yeah, <laughs> watching the Miz and Maurice are just standing there watching on the monitor as like paranormal shit is happening in the crib with yeah. their child. 
not like rushing in there immediately. <laughs> but if they were in a horror film, it seems like right up, up their alley in terms of the mm-hmm. characters they portray. Yep. Yep. Like they'd be like the dumb white people in the in the horror film that just run into danger and explore what was that noise? Right, let's go right, investigate. Right, right, right. Instead so, of know, running the other way, they yeah, go check they, out it. They're like, let's get the kids, let's get out of this house. They're <laughs> like, what do you think that was? Let's go explore. Let's take out the Ouija board. They're the ones that bring out the Ouija board. They're, that's who they are. <laughs> Bray would be a killer horror character. And I, I, I oh, swear yeah, I remember sure, hearing sure. somewhere that there was something in the works with him where he was Yeah, whatever happened on, to that. I don't know, but I would have loved to see him either as a character or a movie written by him, mm-hmm. starring him, something. Now, speaking of the horror industry, I didn't say horror riddle, or Ritter, so calm down. We can talk about both. This is smacking around. We're talking about horrors and horror. But that's why I was telling you to calm down. I don't want you getting too excited right now. Um, <laughs> he gets excited for both, actually. I, I, I told this to Will, but I'm in contact with Jason Baker. Mm. Who is the, the help create the Fiend mask and stuff like that. Yeah, he's from Tom Savini's team, right? Yeah. The yeah. Um, the night that Wyndham passed, he inadver- he called me. It was a brief conversation for about a minute, but I don't think he meant to call me, but it was still, we both passed our condolences and that was the conversation, but it, I'm not throwing it out there to like be like, ooh, this, I'm just saying like Bray has, was so much bigger than WWE. Like he was in a world of his own, Like he wasn't, you know, he could, the things he could have done, we'll never get to see because like that mind of who he worked with and stuff like that is wild. And again, one of the coolest things for me as a horror fan and a wrestling fan and someone who loved Bray Wyatt was the fact that Tom Savini, horror FX legend, his team working with Bray Wyatt to make the Fiend Mask, finding out about that and all of that being a thing going into that character, which made me love that character that much more because as a fan of horror and knowing and seeing the things Tom Savini has done and been in, whether it's his work on Friday the 13th or his character in From Dust Till Dawn and all of the other shit that he's done and documentaries on his process and uh, just everything. It, it, it was so cool to know that Bray was there with him with that and he was bringing that into something that I love equally as much as horror and I'm bridging s- that gap between the two. I'm still pissed they made Tom tone down his work because the original Fiend mask was too scary. Are there like leaked images of what the original Fiend mask was? SummerSlam 19. That's the original mask. Really? And they had to tone it back because it was too scary for kids. Yeah, that's true. Thankfully, we got it, right? At least we got to see it. Like, it sucks because that SummerSlam 19 mask was the thing. And I, it still worked out. It's still a fairly great mask mm-hmm. when it, when you rank them up with masks. It's still a great mask. But, like, I would have preferred that much more scary or not give a shit about You know what? In the words of Michael Jordan, fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a few fuck them kids memes. Um, oh, yeah. Both Vince McMahon, yeah. CM Punk. So. And, and yourself. And Matt himself. And myself. <laughs> and myself. <laughs> That's the best one. That's the best one. Like you said, there's so much to talk about. 
him we talked about him winning his first title uh he had the two universal title wins mm-hmm. after he created the fiend um he had two tag team runs uh that run with because Bray and Brian and Bray trying to bring Brian into the Wyatt family is probably one of the greatest rivalries and oh, stories yeah. that we've seen come to fruition and fully played out with Bray. On top of that, despite my feelings about what Randy does at fucking WrestleMania to Bray, um, <laughs> their story and everything from him actually joining the Wyatt family and the tag team championships with Luke Harper and the divide that that caused mm-hmm. leading to him winning his first title and then going to WrestleMania. And then the way that that all played out again with Alexa leading into that WrestleMania with the fiend and everything. Hey, listen, Sammy, I, it is what it is. I'm never going to be happy. The fact that brain never got that win back in mania. It is what it is. I, Do you guys heart- truly believe in your heart of hearts? Goldberg didn't want to take the belt off Bray. That That's all cap. He sounds like Terry, like over here, capping. Like, to me, that's some bullshit. Yeah, because why would he come over? Why would he be saying that now, you know? But, like, it's such bullshit. Like, why do we need... Bray was in a hell of a run. He was so over, organically, not even Mm -hmm. even pushed, organically over. And because it wasn't Vince's style, Vince shit on me. That was the night the game died, in my opinion. Yes and no. Um, I, I was pissed about it too, even though he kind of got up, he, you know, didn't really sell it afterwards. It was what it was. And I've always considered Saudi to not be canon, uh, except yeah. for when they won the title on Halloween. Uh, yeah. That is the only canon event in Saudi that I consider. Um, so well, that and Titus world slide. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. World slide. gotta love that. Yeah, the only time um, I, I put Saudi in canon is when that whole setup for Undertaker and AJ Styles, that's like the only <laughs> thing. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, I yeah, the Goldberg thing, I, I don't know. I Wait, just, I don't one one more canon event from Saudi cool. would be the crowning of Seth Rollins as the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion versus AJ Styles. That that I did watch. That was the first and the only time I went and watched any Saudi pay-per-view. Aside from the first one, I think that's oh, the first right. time we can consider that an actual card without true shit where it is. Right. Yeah. We did. We did get that, and it was amazing. And we we did talk about that. Um, I because I was so wrapped up in everything that we had planned. You know, the the cosplay and being in the fun house, and everyone's <laughs> hoping to see the reactions and all that. I kind of forgot what I was supposed to do in this show and how I'm supposed to be running this show. <laughs> so, uh, real quick. Uh, let me get into, I want to thank everyone for joining us here at twitch.tv slash creation world. Oh, I didn't know you had it up Vince. Uh, if you guys have an Amazon prime subscription account, you guys get prime gaming. You can link your prime gaming to your Twitch account and it gives you a free sub every month costs you absolutely nothing, but it allows you to support your favorite content creators and streamers here on Twitch, which should be us but it could also be Rivet City Radio or any of the great things over at Rivet City Radio and podcasts affiliated with them because uh, Will's awesome and I love him. So if you don't give it to me, give it to him. He's caught um, Or you can be checking us out at youtube.com slash creation world where it is free to like, to subscribe, to comment. Will, do your thing. 
It helps the algorithm and it helps find new listeners. And why would you not want to share Smack and Raw, the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub with new listeners so that they can come and enjoy the joy that we try to bring every week to your household talking about horror, whores, and wrestling. Um, you can also flick that bean up top, the notification bell, get notified every time anything Creation World goes live. And if you want to throw us a little support, you got a little money in your pocket, you're like, hey, these guys are awesome. You guys can check us out at patreon.com slash creation world. Uh, tomorrow, Travis and I are recording the very first episode of 1998 WCW for Return to Wrestling. We are now at sold out 1998. The entire back catalog from the very first Nitro through sold out 1998 will be available if you give us that dollar and subscribe you don't just get that podcast you also get multiverse with travis amara so if you're a dc comic book fan they cover all the dc animated films and that entire back catalog plus the entire back catalog and new episodes for just one dollar a month is available to you if you got a little bit more money and you want to watch this show but you're like you know what i'm not a fan of ads or i don't like to stay up late uh i want to catch this later you can catch the show ad free over there on Patreon for just a little bit more money. But if you are watching us live, listen, we got Adam and Eve. We got Dubby. We got motherfucking dog.com. We got all your needs, whether it's keeping your energy up, keeping your sex drive up, or taking care of your furry friend. And I'm not talking about the one between your legs. We've got partners <laughs> for you. So please support our sponsors and enjoy this ad break. Things up in the bedroom. Then it's time to check out Adam and Eve. Did you see Adam and Eve is the leading adult toy store that offers a wide range of products to help you explore your sexual desires. Whether you're looking for something to use solo or with a partner, they have everything you need to satisfy your cravings. From vibrators to lingerie, bondage gear to lubricants, adamandeve.com has it all. And the best part, you can shop with confidence knowing that all their products are of high quality and backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means whether you bought a dildo, sex swing, penis ring, vibrator, anal sex toy, bondage toy, couples toy, lube, or accessory, you can get a refund within 90 days if you're not 100% satisfied. No questions asked. And right now, as a special offer to our listeners, Adam and Eve is giving you 50% off almost any item on their website. That's right, 50% off. And if you act now, you'll also get free shipping. So go to adamandeve.creationworld.com and use the offer code erotica at checkout. That's erotica at adamandeve.creationworld.com for 50% off almost any item and free shipping. Don't wait. This offer won't last very long. The link is in the description. Attention dog lovers. Are you looking for high quality products to spoil your furry friend? Then you need to check out dog.com. Because you see, dog.com is the go-to online store for all your dog-related needs. They offer a huge selection of dog food, treats, beds, and more. Plus, they have products for all types of dogs, from puppies to seniors and everything in between. And the best part? You can shop with confidence knowing that all their products are made with your dog's health and happiness in mind. Dog.com only stocks top-rated brands that you can trust, so you can rest easy knowing your dog is getting the best. 
And right now, as a special offer to our listeners, Dog.com is doing a big warehouse clearance sale. And all you have to do is go to dog.creationworld.com and you can get up to 80% off on all sorts of items like toys, treats, bones, harnesses, bowls, leashes, and anything else you can think of. So go to dog.creationworld.com and take advantage of this sale right now. Spoil your furry friend with the best products from dog.creationworld.com today. Link is in the description. Are you tired of feeling sluggish and unfocused throughout the day? Then it's time to try Dubby, the ultimate energy source. Dubby is a powerful clean energy drink that is designed to help you stay alert and focused no matter what life throws your way. Whether you're a student, a busy professional, an athlete, or especially a gamer, Dubby can give you the boost you need to take on the day or the night. It also contains important aminos and vitamins that canned energy drinks simply don't have. And the best part, Dubby is made with high quality ingredients and is completely sugar-free, maltodextrin free and is keto-friendly. So you can enjoy the energy boost without any of the crash jitters or angst that comes with traditional energy drinks. Simply mix Dubby with water and you'll have a delicious, refreshing energy drink that can help you power through your entire day. And with a variety of flavors to choose from, including Galaxy Grenade, Beach and Peach, and Dragonade, you're sure to find one that you love. So go to w.creationworld.com and order your Dubby today. And for a limited time, use code CREATIA at checkout to get 10% off your order. That's Creatia at w.creationworld.com for 10% off. Try W today and feel the difference. The link is in the description. Did you like that that segue, Katie? I know you missed the way I used to do the segues. I know. Well, I mean, it's been a while. Did I make I feel it fun like again? I feel like an asshole right now because you were talking and I giggled because I thought my mic was muted. <laughs> 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 you're all good man um speaking of triple x adam and eve you know having as many partners as you want raw triple x one of the coolest moments for me was seeing my two of my favorite wrestlers if not two of the top favorite wrestlers in the ring at the same time with someone that i'm really enjoying now in la night uh and that moment between the undertaker and bray was fucking awesome uh as a fan i didn't think i was going to see that I felt a little robbed when we got there at WrestleMania match because Bray was injured and Undertaker was hurt and it didn't come off as great as they had hoped. I also thought that if anyone should have defeated the Undertaker uh, at WrestleMania and killed the streak, it should have been Bray because, you know, mm -hmm. it made fucking sense unlike Brock. But neither here nor there. That's not important. Uh, what <laughs> happened happened and we are where we are. Um, seeing those two together and Undertaker whispering in Bray's ear and them embracing was really fucking cool for me as a fan of both those guys right that, that was a very surreal moment in my my wrestling life life if you will and i said this i was on tiktok early yesterday and i said this it's ironic that the way bray worded i'm not going to share with you i'm not going to share with anybody i'm going to take it to the grave he literally took what taker said to him to the grave yeah. nobody knows what was said and you know taker's not going to say nothing oh no um, let's go around the room. I, I, I didn't prep any of you guys for this. So if you guys need some time to think, um, I'm sure a few of you have it on the top of your head already. Cause everyone's been talking about it. Favorite Bray Wyatt match or mm. feud. I'll go. I'll start. 
um survivor series chicago shout out um i was there shout out um me and my brothers were there and it was cool because kind of like how shadow was saying like that that was when he came back in SummerSlam, so he already had caught on to like this huge wave and if you notice like everything that the fiend was doing just got everyone dressing up like the fiend so like there were so many fiends out there that night um they were dressed up and like the all the puppets and everything like that everybody had the puppets when his entrance came out like it was just like a sea of just bray wyatt the fiend in the crowd and um daniel bryan was coming off of that like you know save the earth gimmick and that was the first time that he kind of brought back american dragon just for that match against bray wyatt and to me like it was just probably the match of the night uh, in that Survivor Series. And if you look back, that's probably the best Survivor Series. Um, but, yeah, just being there in that moment was 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 so dope. Was so dope. Katie? Um, I mean, yeah, Jesus took mine. I mean, it's not talked about a lot, or we haven't talked about it a lot. It's Shield and Wyatt's. That was, like, the first time we got, like, two awesome factions going at it at and like everyone was like at the top of their game for what they were at the time and the matches we got out of them were crazy good Mm -hmm. and like and everything was seth just in general like seth and bray had this crazy connection even with the hell in a cell match that will go down in infamy but like their their chemistry was just so cool to watch because it's it's rare when you get like two really fucking good people in the ring together who can just feed off each other as much as they did. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Shield versus Wyatt family. Spitter swallow. General consensus. Oh, swallow, swallow, swallow. Hundred percent swallow. They were they were New Day versus Usos before New Day versus Usos kicked off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Survivor Series just brought up Spitter Swallow. I was there. I got to experience. I found the video. I found the I video of the, of the Fiend entrance. <laughs> and I was trying to upload it. But for whatever reason, I couldn't like upload it to Facebook. And then... Um, the demons in your apartment. Say what? It was the demons in your apartment that didn't let you. Uh, probably Either that or Maxie. She doesn't let me do much of anything since she moved in two weeks ago. Um, and then, and then I, I don't know. So I have it. I went through my whole archive. I forgot I had that experience. I completely forgot I got to experience the Fiend entrance in Survivor Series 2019. So it was fucking great. Swallow, swallow. Um, for me, it, it'll always be Bray winning his first title, uh, in that elimination chamber with Corbin, Miz, Ambrose, Cena, and AJ. Um, that what watching him win that belt was one of the coolest things period for me, because I wasn't sure that they were ever going to let him get that far. I hoped for it, but a lot of the things that I really like, Will knows a lot of other people aren't as big a fans of as I am. So I I always worry that things that I want to see come to fruition aren't, and to see him hold that title to beat John Cena, to beat AJ Styles in the Elimination Chamber, two of the greatest, biggest names to ever do it, um, and hold that title up high is always going to be a special moment for me. Yeah. Um, 
spit or swallow elimination chamber. Swallow. swallow. Um, Don't worry. I have a list of matches that I'm sure we'll all spit so that we, we get a fair. <laughs> I will say I always felt like those wins should have been reversed. It should have been Randy that won the chamber and Bray winning the Rumble and Bray getting the title from Randy yes. at Mania. And yes. that went like as as great and as awesome it was, the especially the ending sequence with uh Bray catching AJ from the Phenomenal Forum into the Sister Abigail. Imagine if that something similar like that happened at Mania. It would have it would have been that fucking true. Top notch. Uh, Will, you got a moment or a match? Uh, I'm going to... Okay, I made sure I was unmuted. I'm going to echo into the void with the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Wyatt family because the importance of the fact that at the time, all six of those men seemed like ridiculous stars, but not one of them had had a world title reign. And then by the end of it, five had either held the world title or the universal championship. So I think it... Yeah, everybody except for Rowan. Luke uh, never did either. Luke, Luke never got a world title. He got the TNT title. Okay, the TNT title, but still. Well, yeah, it's in the overall spectrum of yeah. I mean, the yeah. TNT yeah. title at that point was almost kind of a bigger deal than the AEW championships anyway. So. <laughs> That's fair. Fair point. Fair point. Um, I also, Jesus brought up the strap match. Which was fucking amazing. Uh, no. Roman and Bray, Hell in a yeah. Cell. Jesus is um, over here just taking everyone's picks. Um, before he <laughs> takes my pick, and there's so many reasons why this feuded match is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, we were talking about Triple X. Let's talk about WrestleMania Triple X, WrestleMania 30 in yes. New Orleans. Yes. The entrance was fucking peak. I love the live uh, version of Bray Wyatt's uh, Live in Fear theme song back then. He the still should have won that match. 100%. Yes, he Every, like, he should have won that one, the two Randy matches he should have won, and the one against Taker at, at 31. All four should have been wins for him. Imagine how bigger he would have been. But that one, for like I said, for a few reasons. One of the main reasons is that Bray Wyatt's feud with John Cena is probably one of the only reasons we got Eminem any way incorporated into pro wrestling in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, because we got Eminem's uh, theme song, uh, one of Eminem's songs from the Marshall Mathers LP2, uh, Legacy, one of the all-time greatest builds. That whole WrestleMania had great vignette builds in general. Mm-hmm. It was great to see. I love the whole story between John Cena and Bray. And it could have been so much more interesting if John, even if John had won, but he had won by giving up his morals and his beliefs and using the steel chair and actually being corrupted by Bray. That's one of the things that always I wish they would have done with earlier Bray. They kind of did it with Dane Bryan and then Randy Orton later on. But more people should have been like affected and like change and altered by Bray Wyatt earlier on. You know, he should have been able to like get people to turn on their ideologies. But that whole feud was great. The match was <laughs> fucking solid. I loved everything about it. It's where the whole he's got the whole world in his hands yeah. began at that mania match. It was an impromptu thing at WrestleMania 30. So there was so much great for that match. 
So I remember that fondly. So WrestleMania 30, a lot of people love because Daniel Bryan and that story. Uh, WrestleMania 30 will forever be one of my least favorite WrestleManias because I had to watch both Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker lose <laughs> in the same night. Um, <laughs> I'm biased as fuck. True. It is what it is. True, true. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. Always going to be bottom of the barrel for me. Um, Shadow, favorite match? I got a few. <laughs> okay. Uh, hit us. So I'm a big Kevin Owens fan too, and The Fiend versus Kevin Owens was a great thing. Um, Seth. I mean, we probably don't get this current version of Seth without Bray because Bray really changed how Seth looked at the business mm-hmm. in a creative standpoint. Um, and none of y'all said this, not even in the comments, but Finn and Bray. Yeah. Like, the only incarnation we didn't get was Demon versus <clears throat> Finn. We got oh, Finn yeah. versus ba- we got Fiend versus Balor. We got Demon versus Bray, but we never got Demon versus Fiend. That's a great transition because one of the things I want to talk about before we get into some of the matches that uh, maybe didn't go as planned uh, that we're all probably going to spit. Uh, we never got to see the Fiend versus the Demon. The match was planned. Right. Injury happened. We were we were robbed. that. We still got a great match between AJ and Finn. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess it wouldn't have been the Fiend. It would have been... Sister Abigail versus it was, the demon. Yeah, it was supposed to be Pumpkin Balor. I to this day yes. I call it Pumpkin Balor because it was going to be orange. And it was I thought it was, be... I thought you said that because he's got a, an ass like a pumpkin. Well, that too. You know, they can have double meanings to things. Okay. Uh, I was kind of curious to see what they were going to do with it. Uh, more or less, just, you know, just just pique my curiosity. We'll never fucking know. That was the same night we got Kurt on Shield, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the same night. Yeah, right, yeah. right. We got Shield Kurt. He was just happy to be there, man. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I always felt like I wish the injuries weren't a factor, and we really could have saw what Undertaker and Break would have been able to do without those injuries in WrestleMania. Uh, most recently, um, with the health issues that led to everything that we're kind of dealing with and talking about yeah. now. Uh, we never got to see what was going to come of Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt in this new iteration of Bray. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. we were supposed to get that at WrestleMania, and then he got sick, and we never got to see where that went. Mm-hmm. You only got one one program with Bray Wyatt in this new iteration of, like, Wyndham, which which I think is, like, the biggest, like, gut punch creatively in terms of, like, on-screen persona. It's like, you never got to see what he could have fully been. And as a Chicago Bulls fan, this sucks because I never really got to see what Derrick Rose could have been. Yeah. You know? I always like to bring in some of basketball course. in there. Of course. <laughs> Just for a minute. <laughs> um, if yes. I could ask a question. Yeah. Of course. Now, do you think it would be appropriate because I'm pretty sure everybody and their mother at this point knows that Uncle Howdy is Bo. Um, that Bo comes out as Uncle Howdy takes off the mask, puts it down in the ring, and leaves. Nothing needs to be said, but we need, as a fan, do you think that would give us that closure? Uh, I don't know that it would give us that closure. Honestly, personally, I am kind of hoping that whatever plans that they had for Bo they kind of still go through with or 
they do something with him and allow him to kind of live out what he wasn't able to. Um, I'd also, upon her return uh, after pregnancy, like to see a little something from Alexa. I always said this, uh, outside of Bray Wyatt, Alexa probably does at fuck Switchblade J. White, uh, Switch T stays white, uh, the best <laughs> sister Abigail I've ever seen. Um, so I'd love her to come back and use that. Um, college. I, I I would like to if if there were plans and Bo wanted to do that and finish that story and be a part of that, I'd be a hundred percent okay with seeing what Bo could do in in that role and kind of carry that that legacy on. Um, going off of what you guys were talking about, like what could have been with Bo and stuff, I don't like maybe this is a dumb question here, but I always wonder what the final version of like the Wyatt Six would have been if that actually was going to be an Abby they were going to explore. Like, because you, you look at it, do you count Bray as one of them? Or like, do you like Bray plus other six? Because like Alexa's one, you have Bo, could say, argue maybe Braun. I know there were reports of Eric Young maybe being part of that. And then he wanted to dip the minute Vince McMahon got back in control. Um, I don't know. Like, what would be I the think ideal? We got a little bit of that answer last night after SmackDown. Yeah, I think they pulled back the curtain a little far on that because I was never under the impression that. But then again, I'm nowhere in that business of line of work. I was never under the impression that Shotzi was any bit anywhere near close to Wyndham. Mm-hmm. So did Shotzi factor into a wide six thing? Oh, that would have been fucking, uh, dude. I would carry and cross, carry and cross. I mean, there's just, I think that was a little pullback to what was supposed to happen. You know what, Shadow? I actually haven't even pieced that together. I was wondering, I'm like, okay, well, Braun makes sense for why he would get the Firefly like logo tattooed, and, and so like, with the creator that helped create a bit, yeah, um, and Rob Fee is his name. Yeah, yeah, Rob Fee, the uh, director of long-term storytelling. Yeah, uh, that one with, made sense. With but the two that Cross, didn't was Cross and Shotzi to me. Yeah, Karrion Cross. I was like, well, I know him and and Braun. They were part of what was it? <laughs> control uh, your narrative. Control your narrative. Yeah. So I like I figured like, oh, he got close to, to break through that means. But when I found out that Shotzi got a tattoo too, then yeah, you know what? That yeah, that makes sense. Like Shotzi, Kieran Cross, Braun Strowman, Bray, Bo, that's already five. If you include Scarlet, that's six. But remember, Sister Abigail and Abby the Witch are two different people too. Yeah. Really? I always thought it was the same thing. I did too, but it's apparently it wasn't. I don't know. Bray's mind is wild. Like he changed that up so fast. <clears throat> well, I I always looked at it as kind of like an homage thing. Kind of like so. Like Mercy the Buzzard is Waylon Mercy, which was the inspiration for you know the the new face of fear, Bray Wyatt, that Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt. And then I always looked at Abby the Witch as kind of an homage to Sister Abigail, but not actually Sister Abigail. Same thing like Huskus the Pig Boy for Husky Harris. It, it it's an avatar of, but not actually the thing um, right that part of his career uh which i would i would say is the uh eater of worlds with abby okay all right either that Um, or it's an homage to what the abigail character would have been against pumpkin ballard (laughs) i'm actually really curious about this will who's your favorite wrestler of all time 
my favorite wrestler of all time? Yes. It's funny that you say that. It's Mick Foley. Who I have personally always likened Bray more to than I have anyone else. As far as the creativity, you look at the many faces of Foley Mm -hmm. and the multiple personalities of Bray. The fact Mm -hmm. that he used the mandible claw also on Mick Foley at one point, um, as well as Jerry Lawler and a few other people. Um, Yeah, I've always looked at those two as very connected in kind of their personas and the things that they've done. I mean, you look at Mankind, Mankind, like the promos, the emotion that he cut, whether it was the interview with Vince or him stabbing himself and squealing like a pig, like he's fucking Leatherface. Yeah, all of these things. Like there's a lot of similarities that I think Bray pulled from watching him do that and a lot of that emotion that he was able to evoke in those characters as well. Remember when Mankind first was a thing introduced in the Attitude in the 90s? He had that very somber, ominous, like, theme song when he came to the ring. But when he won a match, it was a very upbeat, cheerful song. Like, almost like this weight is off his shoulders. And Mick actually, like, yeah, he had two songs. Yeah, he had two songs. And it's like, who thinks of that aside from like a very outside the box thinker like Nicole? So yeah, I do see a lot of like similarities and comparisons between um, Mick and Wyndham for sure. Oh yeah. Even, I mean, even just by watching, like if you, if you know uh, how Mick Foley does a promo, it's like exactly on the same beat as what um, Bray Wyatt does. Like it takes you on a journey He's like kind yeah. of soft spoken. He's not yelling, you know what I'm saying? Until he, until Mick Foley gets to that climax part, you know. But like, yeah, like definitely similar. Like, I mean, off the bat, you could definitely tell. Yeah. You guys are so rude. I asked Will a question. You guys just cut him off twice. <laughs> back to back. Will, please. Well, <laughs> um, as a Foley fan, I, I say he's the best person to ever do it. Um, the reason why is because I say if you look at everybody who's ever wrestled of, from, you know, all the way back to your gorgeous Georges and beyond, we're 1930s, 1940s to today, there are for few people that truly innovated the way people wrestled the way Mick Foley did. He's not a Shawn Michaels or a Roman Reigns or, you know, somebody like that. That's a real character driven, larger than life person, but he's also not a Bret Hart or Ricky, the dragon. That's going to, you know, out wrestle you to death. Mm-hmm. People didn't watch Mick Foley matches for Mick Foley matches. People watch Mick Foley matches because of the stories Foley told. So I completely agree that you watch a Bray Wyatt match. And if you would have asked me this question, and I keep saying it over and over again because it's the fucking truth, guys. And it four of you have known me well over a year now, coming up on two, Matt almost three. But the point is, is like a year ago, I would have never said that. I would have been like, it's all hokey. There's no point in it. I 2023 is fucking weird. Like the way I look at wrestling now has changed so much because when the pitch black match happened, I said, this was crap. This isn't a wrestling match. You know why it needs to stop in the WWE. He needs to go to Hollywood and he needs to make horror movies. 
Like that was pretty much what I said. And I still don't think that would have been a bad idea. But now looking at it through whatever the fuck happened to my brain, when you watch a Bray Wyatt match, watch Bray Wyatt wrestle the way you watch Mick Foley wrestle or the way you watch Bruiser Brody wrestle or the way you watched Abdullah the Butcher wrestle because you didn't watch them wrestle to see the match. You watched them wrestle because of who they were in that match. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. All right. Honest opinions. You, you don't have to cap because this is in memoriam. Mountain Dew pitch black match. Spit or swallow. Everybody. I'm going to swallow it. Garbo. I just, Sorry. I just always thought they should have, if this was a concept idea for a match, they should have reserved it for Naomi. You know, that was my only spit about it. It was True, like, because the glowing? Yeah. 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 A glow in the dark match for Naomi? That could have been her signature. Who, yeah. How was... many wrestlers in wrestling get signature matches? You know? The, the... The face paint and everything on Bray was really cool, but the black light, the 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 announcer table that fucking shot neon come everywhere, um, because pitch black, like it was what it was. Um, Spit gargo only because I was there since Jesus. <laughs> but I will say though, with all due respect, I don't think anybody else could have made that like watchable. No. You know, so yeah. I will say that, like, um, you know, out of all the matches, I mean, everybody has that one match that, like, you're not really, that's not really, like, your favorite. So, well, well that's how I feel. Two people, well, just, Naomi oh. can make that match watchable. I'd watch it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, like, when you think about what the product is, it's so, I mean, you know. I could so list like, a bunch of people uh, that could make that match watchable, but none of them have a penis. So, except for Bray. Oh, uh, No. You can't assume. Tony Stiller. That's true. You never know. Um, two matches, because uh, I think we can all also agree that the match with Braun Strowman, the Swamp Fight, <laughs> Bad. did not come off as great as we had, we may have hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had two spits match-wise for Bray, those would probably be it. Um, there is a lot of great... And, Will, you brought... Um, up a lot of things in your speech and I do want to give some time while we're here to acknowledge that this this is about Bray because Bray was very special to me but he's not the only one that passed away Terry Funk also passed away and Terry Funk has also done some of that I mean Chainsaw Charlie and yes, Cactus yes, Jack yes we just talked about WWE. it with a collision he should have been that should have been revealed as Leatherface on 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 dynamite that's what it should have been right terry terry funk won the 10 pounds of gold yep. him and his brother were the first brothers to hold it his dad and the funkin dojo like i love me some terry funk guys mm-hmm. <laughs> Like he was a big deal. <laughs> he really was uh, through the NWA in wrestling, and also later on, uh, the way he inspired ECW and a lot of the wrestlers in ECW, yep. and yep. really came through for that brand. That's kind of what Vince and I were talking about. Was I? It was crazy that I had literally suggested that. Hey, why don't we bring in Terry Funk for one more match and let him go against Jack Perry mm-hmm. uh, for that FTW title? Um, as one of those ECW legends, and then yeah. this happened shortly afterwards. Um, 
because no one was talking about Terry Funk at that point outside of us doing that discussion about Chainsaw Charlie and Leatherface and the FTW title and all of that. Um, but there was a lot, you know, his relationship and matches with Cactus Jack, um, the NWA stuff that Will brought up. Yeah. You muted yourself, so try it again. One of my favorite storylines in WWE history, 1998, okay? Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie are the tag team champions. Yes, yes. Terry Funk and Mankind are feuding. Wrap yep. your brain around that. Two different storylines, two different men. Two of them are tag champions, and two of them are having a deathmatch feud simultaneously. It was amazing. <laughs> My... What I love about Will is you hear him talk about how amazing this is, right? <laughs> and how this excited him. This is some very precursor Bray Wyatt stuff. Like it's it's that mentality, that mind, that stuff. I mean, he created an alternate universe in the Firefly Funhouse that he sucked people into. Like they burned the Firefly Funhouse down. Alexa came there, entered the door, altered her personality, became dark Alexa, like very cool, very innovative. It, it, those minds, I just, and Terry Funk, I mean, the thing that Cody did for Terry. Oh, yeah. And who Terry was, was on SmackDown was mm -hmm. amazing. You know, a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of people felt like this was going to be the Bray Wyatt show. Understandably, same thing here. This is the Bray Wyatt show. Mm -hmm. um, that Cody was there, and he was there to talk about Terry Funk and put that over. Uh, though they did an awful job in honoring Terry with that hardcore match. That oh was a hardcore gosh. match. That was oh not. Gosh. That was not. Uh, they fumbled that. Um, again, if I could um, be serious for a moment. Okay, Lance. Um, okay, so I, I know how you feel about the eastern side of the world, Matt, but if we could just be a, you know, Terry Funk did a lot for Japan in his time. Yeah. So, you know, all the matches, the barbed wire matches, the death matches, you know, with Mr. Pogo and uh, Heibusha with no rope, you know, uh, Onita with like, you know, the death matches and everything like that. The matches. Onita's FNW. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've and, seen the crazy shit that Terry Funk has done over there. Trust me. Right. Right. Insane, impressive and fucking terrifying. Barbed wire wrapped rings and mm -hmm. Piranha death Pyro matches. going off. Piranha, the Piranha yeah. one. That's the one that Charlie shot. Charlie showed all of us. And we're like, dude, what, what are you on now? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, guys, I'm telling you, this is this is the shit, you know. Piranhas is the new yeah. wave of wrestling. <laughs> right, right. And um, Stan Hansen, he had a match song. with Stan Hansen, where Stan Hansen was a little bit older, who has the best lariat. I don't care what anybody says. Um, But yeah, um, but yeah, those matches in Japan, those were all great matches. Yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Shout out. What are you going to say, Will? He didn't do a moonsault until he was 50. Oh, yeah, dude. And at 50 years old, he still you did a better moonsault than Charlotte Flair. I beat you yes. to it. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did it. Remember, he did it into ladders in ECW? Like, yeah, and nah. he was like, how old? And then don't forget about the dumpster drop. 
where both of them are in there. Oh, oh yeah. The, uh, the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. yeah. That's how they got inducted into DX. You had to try to, to attempt right, and murder right. someone. And yeah. uh, I think the Funk Brothers will forever be like in that meme. Remember where that kid is like, it's still real to me, damn it. They were the <laughs> ones getting interviewed. It was oh. the Funk Brothers. Really? And, and then you hear Terry Funk or Dory Funk going like, all right, relax, buddy. Mm-hmm. It was Dory. <laughs> like that's the full that's the full interview. You just everyone knows the kid. We're like, it's still real to me, damn it. But you don't hear the funks going, okay, calm down. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um <clears throat> before we slowly start to wrap up the episode, I did want to mention, like, I don't want to sit here and like nitpick about what we saw on SmackDown, but I was really hoping. That it was, it'd be more akin to what we saw in 05 with Eddie Guerrero on Raw and SmackDown. And again, it was abrupt. No one saw this coming. You saw people like Alexa Bliss saying that she was trying to make the SmackDown, but couldn't get a flight in time. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins saying that he wanted to leave, but that didn't mean he'd have to leave his family a day early. Uh, Randy wanted to be there, but he still just wasn't physically or mentally ready to go. Guys like Roman Cena didn't really show up on TV, even though they had great programs with them. I was kind of hoping that they'd be more of an homage to Bray and when and with the character and Wyndham the person and see more like of what we saw in the main event where it was LA Knight versus Finn Balor, two guys that have faced Bray in the past. And that that you know that's something that I kind of wish we had gotten in SmackDown. The presentation to start things off was fantastic. The way they closed off the show was fantastic. The opening, like, in memoriam graphic video package that they did had me choked up. I was in tears. It, it got to me, and I was just kind of hoping there was more great stuff. So That's all. I haven't spoke for a while here, sorry. Um, Take the floor, man. With that being said, I used this earlier because this is not the first person I've heard say this, and I criticized it myself at first. When Eddie passed, and I'm going to say the fucking word, Chris died. Chris Benoit died. Social media wasn't as big as it is now. So having all these wrestlers there filming their, not confessions, but for lack of a better term at the moment, confessions for these men, that made sense. Today's world, social media is so big that these wrestlers don't feel the need to be there to do that because they can express themselves via social media to put out their feelings. So I'm not going to nitpick at the show by any means, because it is what it is. Um, But when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, they still did the QR code, which is an awesome homage to them, Mm -hmm. um, with highlight moments that they picked. They had the opening and the closing. You know, you had Ray do a tribute. You had uh, Ford do a tribute. You had L.A. Knight do a tribute. You know, there was little things sprinkled in. But I think what I'm getting, what I was saying there, too, is like, <laughs> because social media is such a thing, I think WWE Productive Team didn't see it as, well, everybody needs to say something kind of thing. And that's kind of why they still carried a bit of the storylines throughout the night. Yeah. But I'm with Jesus, though. I wasn't a fan of them still trying to carry the storylines last night. Yes. Which which is fair, but if I may, um, 
we talked a lot about Bray, who Bray was, the fact that he loved wrestling and the mind that he had and everything. Um, I think that he'd want those stories told. I, I don't think he'd want the entire world to stop for him. Um, one of the coolest things I thought about that night was the story that uh, Zelina shared um, about her tryout being a rosebud, yeah. Bray being the one to cheer her on right, and yeah. go up and say, hey, we need her in this company. And then her having to have that women's title badge on that tribute show after being a big part of her career and why she may have ended up getting into WWE and the support and everything that he showed. Like, there are different things that you can take and look at from this show to give it the meaning that you want. Don't get me wrong. Would I have loved every match to have been a tribute where we were seeing people do the fucking upside down spider walk and sister Abigail's and all. I thought for Absolutely. sure Finn or LA was going to hit a sister Abigail in the main event. I really did. I, I thought did. they would come out with armbands like Rimster. Like when the match. Well, when Bailey the- did. Ray did. Yeah, but they were the only. Uh, Selena had like paints on her shoulder with uh with the initials, mm-hmm. and uh, like I get it. Not everyone had a connection to Bray, and then obviously people that did have connections with him either aren't medically cleared or aren't like mentally ready to handle that. And I get it. I just like I don't know. Like when Eddie passed away, I thought that was that like that was like so perfect. Like everyone came out with like the tribute shirt. Everyone that, had an R band. Yeah, want me to cut you off. The no, difference, no, it's okay. The difference too to that is when Eddie passed, they had a couple days to get everything going. Yeah, they had a day to plan. I think they had like a full complete day because he passed. I think it was on the Saturday. They booked everything on the Sunday and then carried out the show the Monday. I think that's how it worked. I I could be wrong, but they had a lot of time to do what yeah. they needed to. I have a lot of beef with Roman. And I know it seems random, but here's No, he has a lot of beef, too, that he walks around with. He should have been there front and center last night standing next to Cody and standing next to Triple H. He's the longest standing champion in the company. He's without a doubt the face of the company, the head of the table, whatever the case is. I don't care what your personal relationship is like with your coworker. Like if you're the face of a company and somebody who works with you passes away, you make face and you show up to work. Cena was there every single time. I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to nitpick and I, I'm not taking away from how hard Roman has worked in the past and everything he's done. The man should have been there yesterday. 100%. And I said that, and I think I said that to you too. I was really bothered by that. If Eric, this is if Eric Rowan, who isn't on contract, could show up for a television taping, how come their longest-standing world champion in the last thirty years couldn't do it? I Cody, I was Cody was supposed to be stuff. in Texas mm-hmm. to do a signing, and he moved it because he wanted to be there. If I... Roman's worried about his tribal chief character being ruined because it's breaking kayfabe, he doesn't need to be champion any longer than Payback. <laughs> I saw some stuff online. I don't know if it's valid or true or not, but supposedly that he did go there to SmackDown. He was there backstage and presented the old blue Universal title that Bray held 
to Bray's family and officially retired the Universal title and gave it to them. I don't I know. That the, too. I, I, I saw, saw that too, yeah. I saw that. I don't know if there's any validity to it or not. I Those will same reports I've also uh-huh. heard said that he went right to JoJo's house. Like, I don't know what's what. I mean, no, no, and it's it's hearsay, it's speculation, but I, I won't also be here and be like, oh, you know, like he did it for selfish reasons or because he didn't want to break his like tribal chief character. For like other people, like Randy Orton didn't show up, Alex Bliss didn't show up, right? People that wanted to show up, you know, just because he hasn't posted an explanation as to why he couldn't show up, you know. I think that th- I think the thing that also bothers people. Yeah. Okay, he didn't show up. That's fine. Whatever. You will deal with it. Whatever. Not much we can do now. It's over. Um, but we haven't even heard a single word. Or so read a single on, word. On that note, because uh, Will and I talked about this. Um, everyone grieves in different ways. I, I get the sentiment from a, a wrestling standpoint and from, a championship From the standpoint. business, yes. That's yeah. what I'm, not a personal yeah, standpoint. I'm speaking just from the business. I know. From the d- business standpoint, I get Will's point. However, everyone grieves and deals with things in a different way. Um, yeah. Randy's wife said that I think more so emotionally than physically, he wasn't ready to come um, just because of his relationship with Bray and just not, you know, only having less than 24 hours to process it um, and be there in front of everyone. Um, everyone process. I mean, I talked about it. I, I, he's my favorite wrestler of the last 10 years. I, I'm sitting here dressed like him. We've dedicated an entire show to him. I loved him. Um, I teared up during the package, but I don't typically, whether it's friends who I've lost, who I have tattoos for, family members, I don't typically break down the way a lot of people do um, for these sort of things. Um, I kind of I, I shoulder it and I take that energy and I try and put it into something more productive, like getting ready for this show. Um, that, yeah. That's how I do it. Um, if he wasn't comfortable, wasn't ready, didn't want to be on TV because of that, because they did have a, a, a huge feud that we didn't really touch on outside of Jesus mentioning, you know, their uh, their match. Um, but uh, it was Roman coming back in that match against Bray and Braun Strowman where he won that universal title. Like, yeah. Also, Remember one of the coolest Bray Wyatt moments was pointing to Roman to spear who uh, I don't remember who Sheamus, and then I think? I think it might have been Sheamus I don't know that was one of the coolest moments ever. That was um, another one of those injury things that led to we started seeing babyface Bray and we never got to see it because of an injury and that got yeah. taken taken away from us because he came back as a heel. So I will say this to clarify what I was saying. Everything I just said about Roman and stuff, that's just me being selfish because I love Wyndham so much. Yeah. It has nothing to do with how I personally like understand how grieving works and such. I just was selfish for that reason. And I'm not afraid right, to admit right. that. Right? Like that's all that's you know, I understand that everybody works the way they work. You can't you can't push things, you gotta let it digress. I've also heard, and I don't know if you guys heard as well, but like apparently and again, there's no credible source to this. This is just rumblings that I'm hearing that the tributes will carry from tom- last night right into payback because he was scheduled, at least internally, to return on Saturday. Oh. Mm. That sucks. Well, that reminds I... me of when uh, we heard supposedly. So 
that Eddie was supposed to actually win the world title off of uh, Batista in the triple threat match with Randy to like give Batista some time off, and they just like we didn't get that. So like that just sucks to me. Um, I'd love to see the tributes continue. I'd love for that to carry yeah. into payback. I, I I would love to see more from NXT where you know Bray had a yeah. presence in NXT. Um, Raw, obviously, um, for the people that couldn't make it, that might want to make it to Raw and be there for that. If um, it doesn't push past NXT, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, because we. <laughs> but I we, think we, they we should. I think they should at least do an in memoriam in the video package for Bray at NXT, given that he started there. I do have a question. I haven't seen anything around, but I haven't really actually actively looked for it. Um, have we seen or heard anything of Bo? Because, like, I always, like, I'm just thinking about Bo. Like, I was thinking about JoJo. I was thinking about his his uh, children, and I was thinking about Bo. Those were the main people that I was thinking about, like... Bo's like, been off the grid for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't, so he wasn't on SmackDown either, I don't think. I didn't see him anywhere, like, in like front and center, even in the back row or anything, if he was there. And, again, that's him. probably a... a very hard for him to be there on TV that close to losing his brother, you know? Yeah. Um, we do know that uh, he was supposed to be involved. We'll see going forward how that plays out if and when he's ready. Um, yeah. The, again, it's it's that grieving process. And I wasn't trying to give anyone shit for, no. you know, like Shadow oh, saying no, he, no, he was being no. selfish and – Will was talking from you know a business perspective and how things are done. I just want everyone to realize like everyone grieves differently and it takes everyone time to process. So I'm I'm not knocking Roman or anyone else for not being able to be there for whatever their personal reasons were. Because um, everyone deals already, with it different. I've personally already went through a few um, stages of grief, like you know obviously the sad part of it, the questioning of it. You know, the angriness of it, which I took out on some piece of shit earlier, but that's beside the point because that's not here or there for this show. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm, I'm working through my own emotions with it, you know. Yeah. But this morning, like I said to you guys earlier when we were talking before the show, I woke up today and I felt lighter because last night kind of gave me a little bit of sense of closure. Yeah. You know. And I was gonna, um, I was gonna show off my fedora, but I didn't want to make you jealous because mine's an actual in ring worn from him, and it's signed. I'm, I'm gonna come so. to Canada. I'm gonna fuck you, and I'm gonna leave with that. Get you. Promise, promise. <laughs> right. I'll wear it while I do promise. It. And well, he, Matt needs a souvenir to take back with him. Oh, I'm gonna put two fingers in your mouth too you, it, while I do it. <laughs> um, dude, like again, yowie wowie, wowie like. He got Yowie Wowie over. Like, dude, fucking, dude. Yowie come on. Wowie. Come on. The red light. Yowie the red light wowie. special. Come on. The red light come on. Um, it was we're going to wrap it up here. Hold I, on. I got, I, wanna, I got two well, things. Two things. Well, sorry. Well, oh. are your things like, because what I was going to say is we're going to wrap it up here. If anyone else has anything about Bray that they want to talk about, we'll go around and then oh. we'll do the outro. Okay. So, go ahead. We're gonna wrap it up here. If anyone has anything else to say about Bray, now's the time. We'll, we'll we'll do some closing statements and then we'll uh, plug our shit and get out of here. Just okay. Yeah. So you two first. things. Two things. Um, I don't know. This probably might be a little bit too early, but first ballot Hall of Fame for this year's Mania. No. 
Okay. Okay. Probably too soon, maybe. I know. If I can, if I could just one second explain to why I'm saying no. Mm -hmm. Because right now, at least in the minds of every wrestling fan, before Bray passed, who was headlining Philly? Paul Heyman. If Bray cannot be the headline, push it back one more year. Okay. Yeah. He deserves that. that. He deserves that headline. On top of that, I talked about like I was away from social media on and off. I was in and out. Like I wanted to talk to you guys and connect with you guys, and you guys all checked in on me, and I appreciate that. And I was I was doing all right. I was I was okay because of the way that I process grief and the way that I handle it. But it was the it was the discourse and like the oh they need to do this oh they need to do that oh WWE that stuff drove me nuts like telling WWE how you feel that they should honor him yeah. or what they need to do or how they need to go about doing their business to make each individual person in the IWC happy or satisfied and in my opinion in a way making it about themselves and not about him that that bugged me and bothered me and kind of pissed me off so whenever they decide to do it i'm okay with it i know he will be there i don't think it has to be an immediate thing he doesn't need to go in right away if they do any headlines fucking fantastic um but whatever their timing whatever their reasoning is i'm okay with it as long as i see him go in and i know he will so let me piggyback off that real quick because just did ask it does he go in individually or do we see the Wyatt family go in? And when I say Wyatt family, Ooh. I mean Rowan, Luke, and Bray, not Strowman. Right, right. I, yeah. I have a hard time believing the way the WWE machine works that if they put them in, that they wouldn't put them in, including Braun. Do you um, want to know how? Just... This is how I would do it. I know you hate this, but I'd have those three go in and have Strowman induct them. I, yeah. I mean, I'd be good with that. Um, be, or at fun. least have Rowan and Strowman be there to do the induction for Bray and uh, Harper, uh, John. You know, I, I would put him in as well. People yeah. argue because he didn't do enough in WWE, he doesn't belong there. But then I argue back to Great Muda's in there. Yeah, right. Wait, Great Muda didn't, I don't think, did anything in WWE work. But that's while. my point. No, yeah. I mean, he say was... no to Luke, but have Great Muda, who's never wrestled a day in his life, and WWE be in there. Didn't they have? Didn't they induct El Santo in there, or or no? They inducted yeah. or someone like like a, a well. Liger. They have juice. Luchador? They have juice at Thunder Liger in there too. Yeah, you wrestled in NXT. He was in NXT. <laughs> I, I think they're. Yeah. I think they're taking it from the WCW lineage, but you know, that's also yeah. kind of like here or there. I know. It's it suggests it is. It's it's not like sports hall of fames where like there's certain criteria that people can argue and debate back and forth. Honestly, it's like like I've said this in the past. Like Rikisha went in, Godfather went in, they didn't really do much in terms of like accolades in terms of championships, but they had an a, a certain impact in the scene, in the scene. They were an iconic character. You see them, they're instantly recognizable. If anything else, the Wyatt family were a great act and great characters. Yeah. We all know Bray loved John. Yeah. Call him John. Brody. Uh, We know what losing him did to him. I think that Mm -hmm. it is absolutely fitting to... 
put them in together as the Wyatt family. I, I think that Bray would be ecstatic going in together with him and that being a thing that they got inducted together. Um, so I, I'm good with Bray going in individually. I'm 100% good with the Wyatt family going in together. Um, we've seen both where someone gets inducted individually and the group gets inducted. Um, we could do that. We could induct Bray twice, once for his singles career and once for the Wyatt family career. That's um, actually what I was about to ask. Was like, Do you feel like it would feel too much of WWE trying to milk this? Or like I, maybe like in like a negative way, exploit the Bray Wyatt name and trying to induct them individually and then ask the Wyatt family as opposed to doing either or. Can I rebuttal that real quick? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Have, haven't they done that with Eddie enough, though? Why? What's wrong with doing it with Bray? Because I don't... Personally, I don't like it when they do it with Eddie. So that uh, No, and I get that, but you, you see no, where yeah. I'm coming from? They've I done it with you. Eddie for 18 years almost. Why? What's wrong with doing it with Bray for two? Yeah. Point, that's respect man. to you. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Just no, no, no. I, and I'm not taking it that way. Like that. That's a great. That was that was a great comparison. But like, it's a good report. But I just asked the question. Like me personally, I would be perf- perfectly okay if you went in twice. Oh, me too. Yeah. Anyone else have anything on Bray before we uh, we plug ourselves and get the fuck out of here? Um, yeah, because um, I did say I had a second one. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> as you know, sweaty session is my thing. Is our thing. It's your um, thing. So, I have this little poem I wrote. Um, Bray, I love this. <laughs> Bray, the fiend, Uncle Hari. No matter who you choose, they're all wins, never lose. Bray showed us his creative way. He would trip your mind in a hazy way by the words that he would say and play. His creative mind put everyone in a twist. Brian, Randy, and even Bliss. Knowing that he's gone, got everyone emotional tears and words are slurred. His spirits will always be here. Just follow the buzzards. I love you, Joe. <laughs> I also love, love that, that you didn't tell me you were going to do that so I couldn't do one and upstage you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, anyone got anything else that they want to say? Final thoughts, words, what Bray meant to you before we, we, we get we get out of here? I'm just... It went... My emotions went from, like, disbelief to shock to, like, just sadness. And then for a minute, their anger. I told this to Jesus. Like, I'm just so mad that this happened. Like, it gave me a lot of anger. And now I'm just, like grateful that I was around to be able to witness every single bit, every single minute of his WWE run as Bray Wyatt, even as Husky Harris. And just honestly, like not too many people can sit here and be like, oh, I was around to witness this great performer. Because like as much as I love Eddie, I was not around to watch a lot of his earlier stuff. But I got to experience every single bit of Wyndham. So I'm grateful for that. I, I, I've said it a lot. Um, he was my favorite wrestler of the last decade. Um, he's on my Mount Rushmore. Um, he is probably the reason why Smack and Raw is still going on in the way that it is. Because a lot of the reason that kept me watching wrestling over the last 10 years um, 
and mostly throughout this has been him and the things that he's done and connected. And I think even watching the show, you can kind of see like I'm happier and I was in a better place podcasting when he was on my TV than I was when he wasn't. And, you know, those that time off that he took uh, coming on here, shitting on Matt Riddle is fun. But showing the love that I had for Bray and everything he did in the face of everyone who didn't um, and how much I enjoyed it and bonding with a lot of you over whether it was a difference of opinion or a mutual respect for what was going on with Bray uh, was fantastic. And meeting other fans who felt the way that I did or, you know, he connected with uh, it, it meant a lot. And it, it, he brought a lot of people together and he meant a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, and in my wrestling journey for the last 10 years, he was very important to me and I am severely going to miss him, his presence in wrestling and him on my TV. I mean, in a world that you portrayed sinister and darkness, you were a beacon of light for a lot of us who bonded with you as a on-screen character but you gave us a lot of life lessons in the way you spoke with such grace that no matter what you were talking about there was always a lesson to learn so farewell and thank you exactly uh katie do you want to go first you've been quiet for a while uh okay uh to i'm assuming to plug myself yes you know we love uh, it when you plug yourself on Pornhub. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> well, like, so we're doing one on Thursday, so, like, I'm saving all of my energy for that. Plus, I feel like garbage right now, so hopefully I feel better for that. And I also told myself I would never do a tribute episode again. I have said that on many podcasts, and now I'm doing two. Uh, so Tears will be on Thursday, so you can see all that there. Um <clears throat> But you can follow me on Twitter at KDRS13. The link tree in my bio will take all things She Leads Showcase. Twitch.tv slash She Showcase. And YouTube.com slash She Showcase. Typically Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can watch us live. Uh, you can watch the videos and stuff after the fact on YouTube. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts if you want to listen. There's a bunch of stuff in the works behind the scenes. I'm trying to figure out, but I have no money to figure it out. So... T- t- things will happen soon. <laughs> I should have mentioned this before I let Katie plug herself so people weren't leaving. Don't leave. We have one more thing. Please stick around for the outro. Vince, uh, you're you're going to go before me, so just be quiet. Will, would you like to plug yourself? <laughs> First and foremost, as always, thank you, Mateo. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Vince, for allowing me to be the honorary use of all things creation world. If you want to find my shenanigans elsewhere, you can check my link tree at the Will Gray. You'll find everything that I do. Private City Radio, it's Creation World and Off the Top Media. Shadow? Well, first off, if uh, you find me in your kitchen eating your snacks, it's because I'm just done banging your mom. And uh, if you want to find me elsewhere, you can find me on Twitter at ThatGuyShadow91. Or you can find me on uh, TikTok causing a bunch of shit for no reason at ThatGuyShadow.913. And thank you for having me on. Absolutely, bro. Oh uh, yeah, if you um, you know, what I'm saying thank you for uh, having me on. This definitely helped. You know, uh, I know everyone's like you know in emotional um stage, and this kind of helped cope with a lot of things. So appreciate that from all y'all. Um, 
Yeah, if you uh, like my poem, you can find me and Vince and others on the Get Your Podcast on Twitter. You get Your Podcast on Instagram. Um, if you can't find me there, you can find me on Thursdays with Marks and Mike, 7.30 or 8 p.m. Uh, on YouTube. Um, but, yeah, um, we should have Getting Off tomorrow. Um, shout out to everybody in chat. Thank you, Matt, Katie, Vince, for uh, allowing us to, to do this. So appreciate that. Vince? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I is Vince. The link in my bio takes you to everything straight side. Get your podcast, Creation World, Smacking Raw, the works. Uh, haven't released it yet, but I've recorded the first half of the curtain call, the final episode of Straight Talk that I'll be releasing featuring the warden Matt Ritter and the Will Gray. We did some Pokemon fantasy booking. It was a fun time. They talked a lot about shit about me. So if you like Vince being belittled on his own podcast, this might be the show for you. But we're, that was all Will. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was primarily led by Will. Uh, I'm trying to get some NBA jersey talks in the second half of that episode, so just stay tuned for that. In the meantime, follow me on YouTube at youtube.com slash And as always, you guys can follow me on Twitter only, X, uh, if you know, you're one of those people. At Matt Ritter, that is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R, or at Getting Off. Uh, we have a new episode of Getting Off dropping live tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Central Time, where we are talking... Twisted Metal, the new series on Peacock. So please come join us and check us out for that and be in the chat for that as well. You can also follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Smackin' It Raw. For that guy, Shadow, Just, The Will Gray, Vince, Katie, and everyone that joined us in the chat, I am the patron saint of podcasting, the warden, Matt Ritter. This has been the tribute to Bray Wyatt from the Smack and Raw podcast, the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. And remember, Fireflies, I'll always light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> We're really glad that you're. And this is a friendship that